friends. Welcome to Womankind. I'm here with my guest this week, Ashley Way. She's the volunteer coordinator at Jericho Road's Priscilla Project. Um, so to start off today, I'm going to have Ashley talk to you a little bit about what Jericho Road is and what the Priscilla Project is. Okay. Um, hi, everyone. <laughs> so Jericho Road is a community health center, um, and they have locations on the west side and east side of Buffalo. Um, they have two primary medical um, centers and then out of the medical centers we have community programs um, that kind of provide wraparound services for our clients other than just medical care. Those were created to provide more of a holistic care for um, our clients in the community. We serve refugee and immigrant population in Buffalo, but we also serve the underserved. Thank you. So let's talk more. I, so I have volunteered with both Jericho Road as um, an English as a second language volunteer um, and also for the Priscilla Project. Um, so Ashley works specifically with the Priscilla Project. So I'm going to have her again explain a little bit about specifically what the Priscilla Project is because that will really be our focus for this episode. Um, so the Priscilla Project is um, a program that works with pregnant refugee immigrants and the underserved population in the Buffalo area. We work with women who are typically having their first child in the United States, um, but we have worked with women who are having their second or third. Um, it really just depends what they need from us. Um, Priscilla is such a, such a large program, so there's so much to talk about it, talk about with it. Um, but we do, we do provide a lot of services within mm -hmm. Priscilla. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what would you say is the mission of the Priscilla Project? What is like the ultimate goal? <laughs> so I would say from my personal uh, standpoint on the project is that we're really there to provide uh, holistic care for our moms. Um, we want to create an environment for them where they can operate the medical system in the U.S. Um, and feel supported throughout their pregnancy. A lot of the women that we're working with, they, you know, they're used to having babies in other countries and they often are very isolated due to uh, language barrier and just economic status. Um, so I think our main purpose is really just to provide support for these women to help them to have healthy birth outcomes and yeah that's mm -hmm. <laughs> and I mean that's so important I, I mean I have grown up in the United States I speak English as a first language and for me healthcare can be complicated sometimes yeah. so I can't imagine coming into the country and not speaking the language and um, you know maybe being used to giving birth in a village where there isn't the type of medical care that we have here um, and having to adapt to that resource or source. Yes. Um, and we also, I think one of our main goals, and this really is said about Jericho Road in general, is that we really want our clients to develop the ability to be self-sufficient without us. So um, with our women, we are hoping that with their second or third pregnancy in the U.S., they'll be able to na navigate that a little bit more smoothly without us. Definitely. And so you are the volunteer coordinator so tell us what that means, because I know that some people don't know. Yes. Um, so 
So a lot of people, when I tell them I'm a volunteer coordinator, they think that I volunteer to coordinate. So I'm just <laughs> doing this for fun. Um, but no, it is an actual position. Um, it's an actual job. I um, What I basically do is I coordinate all of our volunteer mentors that work with us in the mm -hmm. Priscilla Project. So mm -hmm. it is an actual position. And it, it can be quite hard at times, too. But I think um, I'm learning that people don't um, all the time know what a volunteer coordinator is. And I've been discovering, you know, what that is myself. Mm -hmm. So how, so I, now I want to hear a little bit more about your position and I, I want to ask about this because I was one of those volunteers. What is it like to wrangle volunteers? Yes. Because with volunteers, you have some people that may not have, you know, the, the level of commitment that they would have at like a job that they're getting paid for. So what is that like? Yes. Wrangling the volunteers. Yes. I love to use the word wrangle actually, because, um, and I do not mean any offense to my volunteers by that. I love all of them. Um, but what I'm, I'm saying... I'm actually, I'm thinking of myself because I think that I needed to be wrangled at some time. <laughs> yes. Um, I love all of my volunteers, but what I'm going to say might offend a few. But don't get offended because um, there's no offense meant in this at all. But actually think of my volunteers as cats in a way <laughs> um, because they kind of have their own minds and they're very independent mm -hmm. um, and... We kind of, we talk about wrangling them a little bit. Um, so it can be challenging at times, but I really love being a volunteer coordinator. It's really given me the ability to get to know so many amazing women in the Buffalo community um, from so many different backgrounds and ages and life experiences. Not only do I find so much diversity within the clients that I serve, but I also find so much diversity in my volunteers. And I actually have had the ability to become really good friends with mm -hmm. a lot of them. So um, it's something that I love. I love all my cats. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so it can be challenging, but it's also very, very um, rewarding. Definitely. And it's also, it's a very unique um, field to be in because I know just from working with a few different clients within that field that every situation is different and strategies that you use with one client may not work with another. And um, the relationships are just different because people's personalities are different, which makes it hard to have like a one size fits all mm -hmm. like kind of model for everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's a really good point, too. Like, I think being a volunteer coordinator, you really kind of have to have the ability to I get to know your volunteers and um, we call them mentees, so mentors and mentees. Uh, get to know your mentors, but also get to know your mentees and what their strengths are, what their needs are, what your volunteer strengths and needs are. Every relationship is really case by case, so when I go into it, I have to see it that way, like more of a case-by-case case rather than, oh, well, this experience worked for this this couple of people, so it'll work the same for that. It doesn't always work like that. So. so you have the Priscilla Project. Why, where did the Priscilla Project come from in terms of um, why was, why does the Priscilla Project exist, I guess, is yeah. my question. <laughs> the Priscilla Project was started um, because there was, Dr. Glick saw that there was a need um, in the community to also provide other wraparound services within the refugee community, not just to provide medical care, but also to help in other areas in terms of adjusting to life in Buffalo and the United States. 
Um, so Priscilla was started because they saw that great need within uh, particularly our pregnant um, population within Buffalo, within the refugees. Um, so they were one of the programs that actually sprung out of um, the ministries. So Jericho Road began in 1997. That was when the clinic started on Barton. And then um, in 2003 was when they started um, Jericho Road Ministries, which had um, a number of these different programs in it. Priscilla Project is uh, one of seven of the programs. And um, then a few years later, um, we joined and we became, they joined the ministries and the practice. And then a few years after that, we became a federally qualified health center. Breathe. <laughs> outline of Jericho Road. Definitely. And I know, like you said, it started as a health clinic, and I liked the phrase that you used that um, Dr. Glick saw a need and filled that need. Because, I mean, pregnancy, I mean, I don't know from experience, but pregnancy and giving birth and raising children um, is obviously a life-changing and harrowing experience that needs its own attention. And so that's cool that you guys cater to that. Um, oh, can you kind of walk us through the process of what happens um, for both a volunteer and for a mentee? Like, what's kind of the, the, the road that they take um, and everything that happens step by step? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so how it started is that um, our clients are typically referred to the Priscilla Project, and they can be referred in a number of different ways. Um, they, a lot, most of our clients are referred from Jericho Road, uh, the clinic, but we also have clients who are referred um, by other clinics in the area, maybe schools, teachers, um, other volunteers, other former clients, um, resettlement agencies in the area. So it's basically a referral process. And then once they're referred to us, we contact them. Uh, we usually, We'll then go and do an initial intake with our clients to get to know them a little bit better, assess what they need. Um, we bring an interpreter with us to help with communication barrier. And then during that intake, at the end of it, they are assessed on whether or not they qualify for a mentor. And that's basically done off of a, um, like a number system. So if they reach a certain number, um, they will then qualify for a mentor. And that could be based off a number of things. Like, for example, if they speak very little to no English, if this is their first baby or their first baby in the U.S. Um, what are some other things? <laughs> but, yes. So um, if maybe they don't have any friends or family in the area, that would determine, um, that would qualify them for a specific number, and then that would all add up, and then they would uh, get a mentor. Once they are met a mentored client, because we have mentored clients and non-mentored clients, that's when they kind of become a little bit of my responsibility in the terms of finding them a mentor. So that's when I kind of work out my matchmaking skills that I've developed over the years at Jericho Road. Mm -hmm. um, and I was She's find good at it. She's very good at it. It's my favorite thing. I always say if all sells me in life, I'll just become like a matchmaker. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I love that part of it, and that's where I'll come in, and I will sit down, and I will find a mentor that kind of has the qualities that they're looking for, um, and I'll match them together. So, 
Um, do you want to keep going? Yeah, so, it's kind of so, long so what happens after they're matched? Um, I guess because we are going to, well, actually, we can start by mentioning that now. Um, how can people volunteer? Um, so I'll get into that question, then we'll talk about what happens once the volunteer and the mentee are matched together. Yes. So, um, so once the, well, maybe I should say how I find the volunteer. Oh, okay. Too. Okay. <laughs> so... So once the client is on the list to be a mentor, then I have to find them a volunteer to mentor them. And usually how that process takes place is that um, my volunteers hear about me through a number of different ways. Um, one of the ways that they hear about me is actually, or I should say us, not me, but one of the ways <laughs> they hear, hear about us, about our program, is um, the website, the Jericho Road website. So if anyone is interested in a being a volunteer, they can go to www w.jrchc.org and um, they will find information about all of our programs at Jericho Road, how to get involved, volunteer application forms, um, or they can just go straight to volunteer at jrchc.org. Um, so a lot of my volunteers come through the website. Um, I also get a lot of volunteers through word of mouth. Um, once they contact me, I'll send them a brief description about our program, what their commitment will be, and then we'll set up a time to meet and do an interview, uh, which helps me to tell them a little bit more about our program, um, get to know their personality a little bit better. And then after that, they'll go through a brief orientation all about Jericho Road, um, refugee and basic refugee information basic personal project information and then at that point um i will do my matchmaking skills and i'll find them a mentee to mentor and then we will do what we call a mentor pairing and we go out with an interpreter and the volunteer and we just introduce them we talk about what the volunteer will be helping the client with um we get to know her, her background a little bit, and then we also will talk about expectations and boundaries that the two of them should have with each other and help to set up their next visit. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the process from that point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what happens after that? Yes. Um, so after that, um, all of my volunteers are expected to visit with their mentees uh, one to two hours every week for about a year. Um, however, if a year commitment is a little bit, if it's a little bit hard based on, we have a lot of students who are in school, so if they're leaving the area after a certain amount of months, um, or anything like that, what I can do is I can reduce it to a six-month commitment postpartum. So after our clients have their baby, they would only be with them six months after that. Mm -hmm. um, so... They are expected to visit them one-on-one -on -one in their home without us. So we don't go with them for every visit, and they're really kind of on their own to a certain extent. We do provide a lot of support in between um, all of that time, but they're kind of on their own mm -hmm. <laughs> without us. <laughs> yes. So then that can evolve into a lot of different things. It can evolve into a friendship. It can evolve into you know, like a weekly, like standing shopping trip, um, mm -hmm. or whatever the needs of the client is, are, mm -hmm. is, yes. right? Yeah. <laughs> you yes. know what I meant. Mm -hmm. Um, so a couple follow-up questions about being a volunteer, um, and I already know the answer to this, but mm -hmm. I, I like your answer to this. <laughs> Do you have to be a mother or have you, 
have had to have gone through pregnancy in order to volunteer for the Priscilla Project. No, no, you don't have to. Ha- you don't have to be a mom at all, um, or have really any experience with babies or labor and delivery. You don't have to speak another language. Um, you really just have to be. Our only real requirement is a female. You really just have to be a female who um, wants to support another woman Mm -hmm. um, throughout this process in her life. Um, And I just think that's really essential because I think support um, in this time right now, especially between women, is so important. And um, so you just have to be a woman that wants to support another woman and become her friend. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. <laughs> and that's really, that's why I volunteered with the Priscilla Project, because I, um, prior to that, had been teaching ESL, and the ESL um, eventually got to a point where I, I was, you know, planning for my classes during the day and planning for classes at night, and it just became too much. And so um, I wanted to do something that was helping, but at the same time, that was more focused on building the relationship with um, the client rather than, you know, having to prepare a lot beforehand so so the Priscilla project did work for me in that sense and it really is about building a relationship with someone yes um and there are a number of different ways that that happens and you know what I think like I think everybody's relationship is different too it's really case by case and I tell a lot of my volunteers that um try not to compare yourself to other volunteers or their relationship with their mentee because everyone is different. Not everyone can provide the same support as maybe another volunteer. I have volunteers who are very involved and can visit like two times a week or three times a week. Um, They are able to do a number of different things with them, bring them to all their appointments, Um, but it's not necessary. We really, it's really case by case and what the client needs and what the mentor can provide. Um, and some of those activities that a lot of our volunteers partake in would be um, helping with wig shopping, um, bringing their mentees to their medical appointments if they're able, teaching them English is mm-hmm. actually one that a lot of our pairs do together, mm-hmm. um, preparing for the baby, so bringing their mentee to some of the donation centers in the area that we know about, and also, like I said, really just being a friend. So sometimes people drink tea together and go for walks. And um, coloring together is actually an activity that a lot of our <laughs> a lot of our women have been doing. Um, it helps to reduce anxiety and uh, helps with postpartum depression. So they've been doing that a little bit. Um, and yeah, just fun things like sometimes. Our clients go to the zoo with their mentors, or somebody took them to a circus once. That was kind of fun. Oh, wow. Um, or really just introducing them to their families. So a lot of our mentors um, have their mentees over for dinner, and uh, their children play together. Mm-hmm. So aside from the activities that a mentor and a mentee would do together, I know that you guys do offer like some some things that people can come to Jericho Road and participate in, um, right? Yeah. <laughs> what, are, what are those activities like? So with Priscilla, um, I'll talk about the fun things we do with our clients first. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the volunteer side of things, we also do um, some activities for our clients to kind of provide like a social kind of aspect to them other than just helping them with their pregnancy and um you know, post-pregnancy care. 
Um, one of the things that I do is I actually um, organize events that we call Mentor Menti events, and they really have become more like client field trips um, <laughs> because we do 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 them during the day, mm -hmm. um, and so it can be hard for mentors to get to them, but. We have, so far this year, we've gone to the Botanical Gardens with our Arabic-speaking clients. We have gone to the Aquarium. We did that last month um, with our Bermudian friend clients. We did a painting day. Um, oh, fun. Yes, that was a lot of fun. And then we visited the art gallery. Um, and then this month, we're going to be planting tomatoes and having a picnic. So we do like to do a lot of things in the community, help our moms not to feel as isolated, help them mm -hmm. to get to know the community, and really just have fun with each other, get to know each other. Um, so that's one of the fun things that we provide. Um, we also kind of do, we call it celebrations, monthly celebrations. Mm -hmm. um, we, I would say we do them more on a quarterly basis, um, but that's an opportunity for our clients to come and get a little bit more education on maybe other services in the area. So we have talked about water safety, we've talked about, um, you know, home safety, home care, um, the American Red Cross has come to speak with us on those things, smoke detectors. Um, we also had someone uh, from Parkside Yoga um, teach us a little bit of yoga. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, so we do, oh, someone from UB Dental came to talk to us about dental care. So we do a number of different things um, other than just talking about pregnancy. Because all of those things really can impact mm -hmm. uh, pregnancy. Definitely. And I know that you guys also offer um, support to your mentors as well. Um, and I know that because I attended um, a doula panel, which was one of my favorite yes. things that I've done. I learned <laughs> so much from that experience. Um, but just, I mean, that was the only one that I went to. But there were some different ones yes. that offered some different knowledge. Yes. So we hold uh, mentor monthly support meetings once a month. Um, they are usually held in the evenings to accommodate mentor schedules. Um, and we talk about a variety of different things. Um, we also like to do fun things with our mentors too. Mm -hmm. um, but we sometimes they do provide a little bit of training for our volunteers. So recently we just had an ESL training during one of our mentor support, mentor support meetings. We also ate ice cream while we did that, <laughs> so that was Got kind it. of our appreciation for them uh, was to provide ice cream and then we learned how to teach our mentees English. Um, we have also learned about car seat safety, um, how to install a proper car seat. We, you know, we're always talking about doulas at the Priscilla Project, so we just screened a video about doulas. Um, so yes, we're always doing a number of different things mm -hmm. to provide support to the mentors as well. So I think now would be a good time. Let's get some definitions for some things. Yes. So we'll get a definition <laughs> for what a doula is, because not maybe not everyone knows what a doula is, and also a definition for what a refugee is versus yes. an immigrant. Yes. Um, okay, so a doula is often confused with a midwife a little bit, and they are fairly similar, except... Um, a doula cannot provide any um, medical advice, um, and they do not catch the babies or deliver the babies. <laughs> um, but what 
we do, what doulas do, is that they provide support for another woman during labor and delivery. So that could mean a number of different things. Um, they Most of the time, I think doulas do a lot of advocating for um, our clients, especially because our doulas are also interpreters. Um, so they're translating and interpreting throughout uh, labor and delivery, and then they're also advocating for the clients in terms of what their needs and wants are. Um, doulas also have learned how to provide a lot of emotional support during that time, so coaching techniques um, and relaxation techniques, so massages. And um, we are, we know a little bit about medical terminology. We're trained on that a little bit in terms of like pregnancy related medical. Um, oh, I forgot, you are a doula. So, yes, I'm a trained doula through Jericho Road. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I think that when I was volunteering, you had just gotten. Yeah, certified. Trained and certified. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, so I, it's not something I actually do as often anymore because uh, my volunteer coordinating responsibilities are a little bit. They're they're more of what I do, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I do do it a little bit. I also am a mentor myself. So when I mentor, I often act as a doula to my mentees in addition to the uh, doula slash interpreter that mm -hmm. helps us. Um, and a refugee. Um, a refugee is a person who is fleeing, they're forced to flee their home country due to religious, ethnic, or political persecution. So they cannot go back to their home, um, and it might be due to war or violence of any kind, um, and they have to leave. They're fleeing because they're forced to. Um, so it's a little bit different than an immigrant because um, I would say most immigrants that's their choice to leave, um, and they, they're they also going about it a different way. So the UN is actually what determines uh, refugees. So most refugees, once they flee their country, they um, enter into a neighboring country. And then once they're in the neighboring country, the UN would, de would then determine um, who's granted refugee status, um, and often many of Many of the refugees that we work with live in refugee camps for a number of years before they are allowed to enter the U.S. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us anything specifically about the refugee population in Buffalo? Yes, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, so the refugee population in Buffalo, it's just, it's really been increasing a lot since I've been a little girl. So I'm a Buffalo West Side native. Um, I actually grew up right around the corner from the Jericho Road Clinic on Barton Street. Um, and I didn't know this at the time, but I had friends who were refugees. And then I didn't, I didn't officially know they were refugees until I got a little bit older. <laughs> um, so it's definitely been growing. I would say um, they've contributed to so much of the life that is developing on the west side of Buffalo. So many refugees are opening businesses, uh, owning homes. Um, they really care about their community and um, working and serving in their community. And I would say the populations that we see the most would have to be uh, the Burmese and the Karen, um, Nepali, uh, um, Bhutanese. We also see um, a lot coming from the Congo now, Somalia, and of course, uh, Syria, Iraq, mm -hmm. Afghanistan, Yemen. Um, but I have known to meet a lot of people from a lot of different countries, mm -hmm. like Sudan, um, Bangladesh, um, 
actually the Bangladesh population I heard is growing quite a bit on the east side. Um, but yes, so there's a number of different um, people from a number of different countries and communities. So just to kind of clarify in case anyone at this point is interested in volunteering. Um, so if you are a volunteer, you will be with your mentee before, during, and after pregnancy, correct? Yes, mm -hmm. so that's definitely my goal. Um, when a volunteer is matched with a client really depends on a number of things. So uh, ideally, I would love to have mentors matched with mentees in the first or second trimester of their pregnancy. Um, but due to the low amount of volunteers we currently have at this time, we're finding that our um, our volunteers are usually matched within the second or third mm -hmm. um, trimester. So, but ideally what it would look like is that you're with your mentee for a good majority of her pregnancy and then a little bit afterwards. Um, so, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and let's say, I know we've said this once, we're going to say it again after this, but we're going to say it right now. Um, if you're interested in volunteering, um, here is where you can go. Yes. So you can visit um, www.jrchc.org or you can just go directly to volunteer at jrchc.org. Great. I think we've covered a lot of ground about the Priscilla Project. Is there anything else about the Priscilla Project that you'd like to add at this point? Yes. So <laughs> I just want to talk about just a few other things because I know I mentioned a lot about volunteer services and mentoring services. But we also do provide a lot of other care for our women. Um, so some of the things we do for um, our women other than just giving them a mentor and providing them with a doula um, that assists them during labor and delivery, we also provide a lot of prenatal um, education. Um, and we also provide a lot of breastfeeding support. Um, now, in our visits that we do with our clients, we also um, do nutritional visits, home safety visits, car seat safety visits. Um, so we're providing them with a lot of education that will help them to succeed within their next pregnancy. Um, in terms of breastfeeding with the Priscilla Project, we also have a baby cafe that we run twice a week. Um, right now, uh, our main days are for our Nopali clients. Um, and that's on Mondays, and then Thursdays we have our Burmese and current clients, and that's just there to provide a lot of breastfeeding support for them. They can answer any, ask any questions they might have about breastfeeding. And we also do a lot of fun things. Um, we have volunteers come to read to our moms and their babies. Um, and my program coordinator, Karen Foster, she does a cooking class. So she teaches, oh, yeah, she teaches our clients how to make American dishes, <laughs> like pizza and things like that. Um, so we are providing a lot of other care for our clients. And um, most of our clients, once they're referred to us and become uh, become a client with us, they will stay a client until six months um, after they have their baby. And um, then we will do an exit evaluation with them. Um, and if they would like to, their baby can then be um, part of another program that is new to Priscilla. It's called uh, Parents as Teachers. And that is where one of our educators and our interpreters would go into the home and um, educate the mom on some de developmental milestones of the baby. So teaching like cognitive skills, social, social skills, language, motor, 
uh, motor development, um, things of that sort. And the, the baby would stay as a, as a client until two years of age. Oh, wow. um, so that's kind of a number of different things that we do um, at Priscilla, just general overview of mm -hmm. how we care for our clients. Okay, so, yeah. great. I think at this point we're going to get into learning a little bit more about Ashley personally. <laughs> so we've learned a lot about you on a professional level, but now tell us a little bit about your story. Who are you? Yes. <laughs> um, so my name's Ashley. No. <laughs> um, I, am, I grew up on the west side of Buffalo. Um, I was born and raised uh, by my grandparents. Um, I lived really close to the clinic. Um, and kind of, I think how I'd say I got into all of this, um, was that I ended up going away to school at a uh, college called Houghton College, um, and I did a four-year program there, um, studied communications, that was my major, and then I also minored in writing and family studies. And after college, I had no idea what I was going to do. I, I didn't want to go, I honestly didn't really want to go back living in Buffalo. <laughs> I was ready to break out, like a lot of people say. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do, um, and I only really had one option that was presented to me, and that was to come back and to serve in the community as an AmeriCorps member and to serve um, the, the underserved population in Buffalo. So that's what I decided to do. Um, and that's really where I really started to learn a lot more about myself and my passion for uh, supporting other women in the community. Um, I think support is such an essential part of our lives and how we really thrive as people. Um, and I, I just learned that over my time with Jericho Road. And then also growing up, um, I was one of the first people in my family to go to college, a four-year college, and that was very hard to do on my own, kind of, you know, make my own path, pave my own path, and um, throughout that time, throughout my journey, I did have a lot of support from uh, friends and uh, certain family members, um, and even friends, parents, so I learned a lot about how crucial support is, um, and yeah, that's kind of my story a little bit. Um, I never did I ever think that I would be doing anything with pregnancy or women's <laughs> health. I didn't know really anything about pregnancy or women's health at all before I started working at Jericho Road, um, besides being a woman. That's really all I knew in my personal experiences. Um, and I had never attended a birth or anything like that. So that was a totally new world. And, um, and now you're a doula. And now I'm a doula and a volunteer coordinator. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I just, I love people and getting to know people and developing relationships and helping other people develop relationships and uh, helping other people be a support to, um, to others. So, yes. And I love that. And that's something that I've heard often on the show that when I ask the question that I'm going to ask you next, which is what's your favorite part of being a woman, um, a lot of people, their answer is the support that comes with being a woman, that people are so willing, um, you can develop really intimate relationships and have really like solid support from women around you. So that's yes. kind of what you do for your job and in life. <laughs> I would say that definitely my favorite part about being a woman um, I love talking. I love having friends. Like, <laughs> just be friends with everyone. Um, I and I love I love being a 
emotional. Like I, and I do kind of love that as a woman, we are free to be emotional. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's something that I really love about that. I think I say that every week on the show. It's my favorite part. So, um, yes, I'm a little too emotional sometimes, but I even like that part of myself. <laughs> um, so I, I love that aspect, like talking to other women, be able, being able to support other women and just being able to be emotional with other women. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, so... I mean, we've talked about this a lot already, um, but what issue that affects women are you most passionate about? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, so I would probably say um, just overall support in general and really um, making sure that women are not feeling isolated. I think in life, um, it's the world is really scary mm -hmm. and... Um, Sometimes doing things for the first thing by the first time by yourself can be really scary. So for me, that's something that I'm really passionate about helping people to be comfortable with. Like, um, you know, it's really scary at first, but once you do it, once you have someone to do it with you, it won't be as scary the next mm -hmm. time. Even with our women going to medical appointments on their own or calling the doctor it can be really scary for them. And um, that's something I'm just it's really dear to my heart to help help women not be fearful of the world and um, the obstacles that they might face. Um, and sometimes all you need is someone who also might not know what the heck they're doing because that's me most of the time. Like, I'm like, I don't know how to do this either, but we'll figure out how to do it together. And I think that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful moment when that can happen. I love that. And I also felt like that in working with clients because I'm obviously not a mother and I've never been pregnant and I there were things where I was like I just don't know so we're yeah. gonna have to read the directions <laughs> and figure it out and we would and it would be like a nice victory um but yeah learning together is yeah. a nice a nice bond <laughs> yeah like I I just learned uh, like a month ago how to put a uh, pack and play together and the client, <laughs> she was looking at us like she was definitely having some enjoyment in what we were doing because she came to us to, for us to help her and none of us knew how to do it either. And I think it took about five of us to figure out how to put it together. And we put it together in the office for her, and then we said, take it, just take it as it is. Like, don't, <laughs> don't take, take it apart, apart because <laughs> it oh was quite a challenge. Um, but, yes. Yeah, all of that stuff seems hard. Putting any baby furniture together seems yeah. like an impossible task. <laughs> or, like, what I've noticed, my most challenging thing is actually putting a car seat in the car. Oh, okay. The proper way. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's definitely, the other day I had to do that with my mentee, and we were just laughing about it, and <laughs> there was really nothing we could do except to just try and be patient and mm -hmm. not worry about being late for the appointment that we're late to, but yes. <laughs> I mean, not for the most part, aren't they, isn't there like a piece that you put in the car that stays there, and then you can take the baby yeah. carrier in so, <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know the yeah. <laughs> Um So that would be the base of the car seat, yeah. and you can operate the car seat with the base or without the base. Or okay. Yes. These are things that I, I will learn eventually on the job if and when I have children. Um, so who are some women that you admire? Yes. Um, so I would say, like, I just admire women in general, honestly. Like, mm -hmm. the things that we have to 
go through and um, who we learn to become as people. Um, but I definitely, this is more, like I'm saying this more gen generally, but mm -hmm. um, I definitely admire almost all of my clients, or I should say all of them, mm -hmm. not almost all, all of them. I admire all of my clients that we work with at the Priscilla Project and my volunteers and what they also overcome as um, not just mentors, but also people. Like I've really been, um, people have really opened up to me and their stories in life and um, so I admire all of them, all of the work that they do for us. It's, you know, sometimes it's really hard to just be somebody's friend mm -hmm. and they're walking that experience with their mentors. They're learning new things too. Um, a lot of our clients, you know, they're coming from different parts of the city, maybe the suburbs. They haven't, you know, they don't have any experience working with refugees at all. Mm -hmm. So just having, being brave enough to sit in someone's house who does not speak any English and just look at each other <laughs> for half an hour. No, they do more than that. But sometimes, sometimes you do do a lot of looking at each other and smiling. Um, so I do definitely admire a lot of um, all of my volunteers and all of my clients for what they have to go through in their daily lives. Um, and I will sh share I I just, a little story. Yeah, oh, well, I was just gonna say if if you're thinking about being a volunteer and you're nervous about the language barrier. Um, there are so many other ways to communicate aside from using language and it really, um, sometimes it can be difficult, but for the most part, it's not that difficult to get mm -hmm. across what you're trying to say. Yeah. So, you learn a lot of like, a lot of but, sign language. Yeah. A lot of sign language, <laughs> a lot of gesturing. Sometimes you have to use Google translate or like jump up and down and yeah. point at things, but <laughs> drop pictures. Yeah. And eventually you eventually get there to some point of understanding. Yes. It's very challenging. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's definitely one of the most challenging mm -hmm. parts. Um, but you definitely learn. I My mentee, she speaks Arabic. Um, she's from Syria. And I'm learning, a, like, I learn, like, a different word in Arabic every time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. So I know how to say apricot, which is mishmash. <laughs> so that's my, my favorite word. <laughs> but, yes. So you definitely learn to work with it google translate can be very helpful if it has the language that right. actually speaks in it true um which it might not right. so that's definitely a challenge but yes or sometimes the word that comes up is totally wrong because that's happening yes 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 <laughs> yes um so, so you're gonna tell a story before i so rudely no that's you. okay um i just wanted to tell i have so many clients i can talk about actually uh, their stories and their experiences but i'll talk about one woman who uh is from the congo um, who I met about a year ago or so, and um, she was very, very new to the country, only like a month, and um, she had no support, actually, no support at all. It was just her, mm -hmm. and she was pregnant with twins. Um, so when I first met her, she was very shy. Um, she was a little bit untrusting of others. Um, it was hard for her to open up. And I was able to match her with an amazing mentor, um, who she now calls Mama. <laughs> and they just developed such a bond um, throughout their experience. Um, the client was so supported um, that she actually, and I really do accredit this to her mentor, the support her mentor gave her, and also the support that the doula gave her during her labor and delivery. Um, but she delivered her babies at 37 weeks, which is full term and really amazing for twins. Um, 
and also after that she has just become such a little warrior like with her with her two little girls she um she was uh, breastfeeding she was pumping um she gets around the community so well she like puts one on her back and then she has the other one like <laughs> the other one walks now i saw them the other day it was so cute walking down the street <laughs> um so she's really come such a far away um, she's so more talkative now she's really open she can advocate for herself and i would say that she's definitely become a success success story mm -hmm. um, and i don't know how she does it because it's still just her with her babies and i see them i see them quite often i always think like i don't know how she does it she's <laughs> never complaining never seems stressed always happy in her mood and, oh that's great yeah, so definitely someone that i admire <laughs> <laughs> Twins, wow. I know. <laughs> They're so cute, too. So we are going to transition into stories of subversion. And this week I have something um, a little bit different. Normally I pick one woman, but I am basically talking about a group of women this week. So on Sunday this week is Mother's Day. And so for this week I'd like to just honor all of the mothers out there. And these are – it's – you know, women that carry babies and women that give birth and even women that have lost babies and women that raise babies and carry on the human race. That is the ultimate job, basically. Um, and I just think that being a mother is almost a very subversive act because our society really makes it difficult for mothers in a lot of ways. Um, and that is, is maybe on a legislative level with having... Um, you know, a very short amount of time and not a lot of support for maternity leave, um, or even on a social level where people are judged for the way that they raise their children, or, you know, are, are is this person breastfeeding or aren't they? Or um, even just something as simple as, like, a, a woman, a mother having to discipline her child in public, because you see that so often, and my heart just goes out to the mother in that situation, because you can tell they're just at their wit's end. And then there are people just standing around and judging. Um, and recently, um, I was traveling, and on every flight that I was on throughout my traveling experience, um, there was a child sitting in the seat either in front of me or behind me or next to me. And I tried to be really um, like accepting of the situation and um, just kind of happy about it because that's someone who's carrying on human life and carrying on the human race. And at one point, I was a child myself. Um, but you can just see, like, especially in an airplane, like the eye rolls and um, the judgments. And as soon as the baby starts crying, everyone is looking around like, when is this going to stop? But, you know, that was you at some point. You were an infant at some point in that situation. Um, and so I just want to honor all the mothers out there that are in these experiences because women are warriors and mothers are warriors who are sacrificing um, and suffering in order to give their children a better life. And as my mom has always said, it's it's the toughest job in the world, but the most rewarding job in the world. Um, and I would like to honor my mother as well, um, because I would not be anything that I am without my mother. I've learned everything from her. So thank you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. I mean, so the bottom line is that mothers are warriors. And so I am honoring all of the mothers out there today. Um, I just wanted to say one other thing about Mother's Day um, and maybe inspire some women out there who either um, 
are unable to conceive a child or um, maybe just are choosing not to be a mother at all. Um, what I'd like to say is that I, um, you don't need to be a mom to impact other women in, um, in this world and in this community. I actually, I didn't have a mom growing up. Um, I wasn't able to build a relationship with her and have her in my life, but I had other women in my life who um, really inspired me and impacted me and were mentors to me. So even if you're not a mom or you're not thinking about being a mom, you can still make such an impact on another woman as her mentor. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad you brought that up because that is really true. And that was one of my, like, the things that made me nervous about volunteering with the Priscilla Project at first was um, that this is something related to pregnancy and I don't have experience with it. So what, what do I know about it? But... I mean, women supporting women is what it's all about, regardless of women's experience. Um, so we are going to close out the episode now, but Ashley, is there anything else that you wanted to add about um, Jericho Road or the Priscilla Project or yourself? Yes. <laughs> I just want to say, um, please, please volunteer for us. <laughs> so um, I would love to get to know you and have you as a mentor with our program, our Women with Love to get to know you and have you as their mentor. Um, and one thing that I would say about the Priscilla Project is that it can be a little bit intimidating um, to kind of start this process of being a mentor. And I tell my volunteers that that's natural because in this experience, we are basically introducing you to someone, bringing you right into their home, and we're telling you be friends. Um, but in normal life, in American culture, we get to know people first and we become friends first and then we invite them into our home. Um, so that process in general just can be a bit intimidating. But um, I'll be with you the whole way, walking you through it, coaching you, helping you with it. Um, I've done it myself, um, so you don't have to feel like you're alone. And um, yes, we'd love to have you. And if you're interested in getting involved, again, you can go to... Um, volunteer at jrchc.org or you can visit our uh, Jericho Road website at www.jrchc.org and also um, if you want to hear a little bit more from me um, I will be on uh, Channel 2 News um, June 5th they'll be airing it June 5th uh, with the Western New York Living segment we're just going to talk a little bit more about volunteering with the Priscilla Project, and I'll actually have two of my mentors with me, so you can hear some of their personal personal stories and experiences with the project. Ooh, I, I look forward to seeing that, and like Ashley said, if you're looking for a way to support women, if you're looking for a way to get involved with helping um, people who are refugees, um, here's your chance. Now's your opportunity to do that, and they, they do need volunteers right now, so do head over to their website. Um, and volunteer if you're interested. Ashley, thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you so much for having me. This was my first time ever doing anything like this. So <laughs> it was a lot of fun. A little bit nerve-wracking, but thank you. You did a great job. <laughs> All right. Well, I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you. Bye, friends. <laughs>